Blog Talk Radio. Right now. So was it taped or not? 
you know what? I've spoken probably a thousand million times and never recorded it, but today they actually recorded it. They will send me a link that I can share with. When I tell you that they got it, and when you can speak and deliver information and people get it and they start, you know, calculating what they what what they were doing to what they should be doing and how they can tell you how it inspires them, then you know, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. That's a good feeling, isn't it? It is. And how apropos that we're also talking about branding on the show today in fashion. <laughs> we we are and I wanted to We talked about it last month, and I really wanted to blend in the arts in this conversation Mm -hmm. and talk about how the field of art, industry of art, that whole world is a brand in and of itself, but also how to really infiltrate that into fashion because I I don't see where, first of all, a lot of folks don't look at fashion as an art or fashion shows as an art. It's more entertainment. Now, they may look at the designers as artists of someone, but one of the things that in the nonprofit that I recently formed, Fox Plus the Arts, which is Fashion on the Square Plus the Arts, one of the reasons I formed that nonprofit is to elevate the consciousness of fashion being an art and being more respected in that field. And Mm -hmm. we had some great news yesterday, at least California did, that we've gotten $2 million just added to the California Arts Council budget. So that is huge for us. Assembly member, one of the assembly members bumped it up an additional $2 million, so it's a pot of $3 million now. Now, of course, that going across the entire state of California is, is a, a large stretch, but the fact that the arts was respected enough, visible enough, important enough for it to be on the plain field of conversation with legislation was good. So I wanted to just have a conversation of how important that piece is and encourage PR folks, fashion designers, others to really blend the two because I think it, it, it just kind of adds a whole other level of conversation. And another thing it does, Loretta, it adds a whole different demographic of individuals that can be interested in your brand, in your product, things of that nature. So. It was something that it is something that I'm very kind of, and I probably get all excited when I talk about it. As a commissioner, actually, I've been a, <laughs> you know, get all excited and like intense about it. But I've been a commissioner with the Arts and Culture Commission of Contra Costa County for about maybe five months now, and I lived in I couldn't believe it. I lived in Contra Costa County for many many years and had no clue how rich and vibrant the arts culture was. And recently, we are going to be announcing, probably in about a, a month, the awards. We do awards every year. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, Loretta, I found it so rewarding to be able to, each each count, each um, commissioner is allowed a nomination. And so all of us come together, and we choose one individual in the community that we want to nominate, and then there's a voting and all of that. But to really have the opportunity to talk to the arts organizations. I actually went around to various ones, sat down with their EDs, had long conversations. And mind you, they've been in my backyard the whole time. I didn't know. Uh, they were just there. And so here I am going to these, the East Bay Performing Arts Center that serves more than 10,000 a year, 10,000. And they do dance, piano, music, singing. And I'm thinking, 
are literally 10 minutes from my house and an elder Oh, wow. Yeah, we have the rich, the Richmond Arts Center that's been there for many, many years. So I am taking the time, and I sat down with the executive directors and the education professionals, and we even have a, a commission, and really began to understand it, and I have yet a heightened interest in advocacy for the arts. But the other disconnect I found, and this is really, really true, that it's kind of generational, and so we kind of do, yeah, we kind of do what our parents have done or our grandparents have done. So if that was not something that they were exposed to or something that they were even exposed to enough to teach their children, it becomes a little more difficult for the children or the youth to just say, oh, I want to be a painter. So right, and that works both ways, Vietnam, because if you were exposed mm-hmm. to it as a child and your parents took mm-hmm. you to the art, to the museums, to plays, to the opera, to um, ballet, um, theater, mm-hmm. then yeah. you have a tendency that, that becomes um, your legacy, so you pass that on. But if you were not, on the flip side of that, if, you, if no one ever took you to see an opera or to a play mm-hmm. or to theater, um, then you don't have that appreciation or that education when it comes to the arts. But let me tell you this, there is something for everybody. You may say, I don't like opera, but have you gone? Have you gone to this kind of art? It's so dynamic that you just can't say, I don't like opera. I don't like the theater. I don't like the museums because it's so broad in the kind of um, museums there are, what what the exhibits are. There's something for everybody. And we as media and, and you as NPR we have to do a better job of educating the public because we don't want art to become a lost art pond that. Right, you know? right. <laughs> No pun and, intended here. Yeah. Right. And you're right. It does become your responsibility and my responsibility, and that's where the schools come in. And we've been hearing a lot about arts and music and all of that going away in the schools. And it's just true that funding is going down. So where can we make that connection? And I say in your backyard. So if you take the time just to see what's in what I call your Jerusalem, that's your very surrounding, and advocate from a smaller level, those small those small impacts make a difference, believe it or not. And I was a, a little quick story. I was one Sunday, I wanted to just have a different atmosphere, so I went to a, a particular hotel, and I just sat in the lobby, and I just began to work. So as I'm working, this gentleman was working there, too, and we just started a conversation. Loretta, when I tell you, I said, so what do you do besides work here? Because a lot of folks have other things they do besides the nine to grind. Why did he say he was an opera singer? I said, O-M to the triple G. You absolutely are not an opera singer. He says, yes, I am. And I said, sing for me right now. And that young man began to belt out the most beautiful song just like <laughs>
I won't say over the top for me, as I'm preparing for Fashion on the Square, and I definitely talk about it a lot. I'm, I'm really excited about it, and, and it's coming up. The kind of the one of the designers that we're honoring, Colleen Quinn. She does amazing gowns, beautiful, beautiful. Well, she's now doing these watercolor paintings. And so every now and then, if you go to her page, you'll see all these beautiful paintings and all of that. So when I was chatting with her the other day, I said, so what are you going to do with the paintings? Like, how long does it take you? Well, she told me it takes her literally to do three full-blown watercolor paintings less than a couple of hours. And I thought, everything that I'm seeing, or you need to tell me these canvases of beauty are taking maybe like 40 minutes each? That was it. That was it. So we've known her as a couture designer. We know that she has dressed many, many individuals here in the Bay Area and nationally, and now she's painting effortlessly. I'm just, like, thinking, what other gems are out there? I'm thinking there's a lot of other gems out there that how can we begin to recognize those gems, honor them? But, you know, in that one of the challenges to that, um, like you said, she does it effortlessly. Mm-hmm. One of the challenges of really helping people to to get out there and to be found and to be exposed to an audience is these people don't understand that that you know that's their passion they enjoy it. so they don't they don't they take it for granted that somebody could enjoy mm-hmm. it because it's so effortlessly for them to mm-hmm. sit and do a watercolor a high end watercolor in like forty mm-hmm. minutes because they assume you know everybody must be doing this if I can do it but mm-hmm. so one of our um, challenges is how do we get to them to understand, no, darling, this is a gift. This is something that the world needs to know. Anybody and everybody cannot do this, so you have a niche. You can go into this high-end watercolor um, and have a whole other, you know, brand in addition to your couture designing that you do. So that's how we have to convince people of their greatness, because there's greatness inside of everybody, and we've said that on the show many, many times. We both agreed that we all have something that we, that is so great about us that nobody else mm-hmm. can duplicate it, nobody else can do it like us. And so mm-hmm. we, tend, we tend to belittle it because it comes so easily, and we've always did You're it. right. You're right. And I, and I, when I was asking her about it, I didn't – I could have started the conversation like you said, oh, no, you have to teach now, you have to let – and I'm thinking, okay, let me take one thing at a time, first of all. Let me take one thing <laughs> at a time. And so I could have backed it a whole other campaign. I would have probably had a whole lobby for the watercolors at the fashion show. It just my mind began to race. But you're, you're right. They, we kind of sit back and say it's just our own, and we're just kind of doing this for ourselves. But those little gems, I'd like to really share with the audience that gems like that, and when you blend the two, how can you elevate every – I don't care if you're an engineer, if you're an accountant, if you're an attorney – I believe there's a piece of art that can be revealed in all occupations because the art is not always this visual thing. That's the other thing. Art is not always visual. Sound, the sound of music, people who understand sound and music, that's not visual, but that's art. It's, it's the art of music, but it's sound. So you're not, hearing, you're not seeing a person play. You're not, you don't see them visually. The people that understand sound, and sound also is related to body energy. So there are individuals out there who really actually can go into a room, create a certain sound, and it affects the energy of the body. And I forget I forgot the name of that that thing, but all of that 
is our types of art. So I'm trying to really encourage and push and promote the art piece outside of singing, dancing, music. I'm taking it to that non-traditional level because, and, and also, when it comes to men a lot of times and that kind of sensitive area of ballet or certain other areas of the art that are not so macho, if you will, so mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of like not sure if it's okay because it's not seen as this machoism, that's also a hindrance to some individuals getting into the arts. Like, how is that going to be perceived? Am I going to be looked at differently? Or, And then I think the other part that becomes even more pivotal is the monetary compensation to that field. And mm-hmm. although, yes, it is challenged right now and it is probably not the most glorified position or the most glorified occupation, but it is an economic competitor. And I say that because when you think about where you want to travel, Loretta, do you think about, oh, I'm going to go to Paris because of the um, Java? Not necessarily. You don't talk about that to Paris because because of the Eiffel, you know, the, the Tower to Architect, the things like that. You are going because of the art, because of those things that speak to something that's not in your city. So those cities that have art that's really vibrant, that's really moving and, and kind of shaking, that's an economic competitor because they're bringing money into the city. So it is, it's just something that I wanted to kind of get into the conversation of, and I'm trying to have that conversation when I just have regular daily, when I'm talking about fashion, when I'm talking about makeup, when I'm talking about whatever, infiltrate uh, some art to that, definitely. Right, and I agree. It's a, it's a huge conversation to have. It is so important to our foundation as not only business owners, but people who love the arts, that we get involved mm-hmm. and that we um, – Support those who have the gift of the traditional arts, like the you know the opera, the ballet, mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. plays, the theater, because those things will be the first thing cut. Because like you said, even companies, and especially your own family household, when you're thinking of budgeting mm-hmm. and, and making some cuts, you're gonna start with your entertainment mm. first. Most people do, and so yeah. those things tend to not get supported as much because that's going to be cut out of your budget. But if you start looking at the arts, not so much as entertainment, but as something that is so critical to your creativity and to your soul of who you are and how it connects with your soul and your being and how it actually releases these um, endorphins to help you feel better. So we have to really sell it like that because it will, whether personal or professional or, you know, federal, they will get cut. So we have to support they it more. They certainly will. And when and something that you just said sparked another thought when you talk about cutting budgets in the household. Also, when as our children and youth are, we're buying them great clothes, we're buying them the top of the line and all of that, that's okay. And that is not always cut because it's more visual. Again, the art mm-hmm. piece is not really seen. However, when you talk about education, and you talk about how our youth are doing in school, what are their grades like, what is the truancy level like, those pieces, when we have our children and our youth understanding culture, diversity, inclusiveness, which is an artist infiltrated in that, I even think the camaraderie and the 
getting together, if you will, on the playgrounds and in the yards become a lot less tense. So I understand what it means for that person to be wearing maybe the earring or I understand what the hairstyle is or I understand what what the language is. All of that is art. But if we have no clue, we can be offended. If we have no frame of reference, no point of reference, we can kind of get the wrong message from what they're saying or what they're doing. So all of that plays a part in even our children and how they're growing up. And I have a guard son who is who I think is the best ever, and you'll see him on my on my page every now and then. I say the best thing ever. He's just this, he's that. But his mom, I have to I have to really give it to her. And I'm not trying to say all moms don't do this or she's the best, but she is adamant about making sure that he is above and beyond his grade level. The child is four years old. <laughs> but she is making sure. No, he has to like be reading, reading Harry Potter right now or something. It's just, it's like <laughs> making sure that he is above and beyond. Because when they go to kindergarten now, Loretta, it's not about they have to pass a certain test these days. Right. It's not about being cute and dressed really, you know, awesome. Right. And, and, and I'm like, I can relate to your godmother, your your godson's mom, because I have a grandson now. He's He'll be three months old on the 20th. Mm-hmm. And I have, and we collectively, his mom and dad and me and my, my sons, we read to him. We recite the ABCs mm-hmm. every time we see him. And we expect him to try to say them back. I mean, we don't like pushing until we don't give him a stroke or anything. But, you know, he's at that little right. age where he's cooing, and they hate when I say he's cooing. And so I just try to turn that into an A sound, or if he makes an O sound, I just keep repeating it because that's how they learn. And he listens yeah. to all kinds of music. We want him to be very diverse, and we want to expose him very early on. And it starts yeah. early. You can't wait because, you know, when I was in school, if you went to kindergarten, you basically was at recess and, and a nap time all the time. But now these children have to go, yeah. Yeah, now they have yeah. to know everything. They have to know their complete mm-hmm. name. They have to know how to read. They have to know how to write some things. They don't have time mm-hmm. to babysit them. They're not babies, unfortunately, when they go to kindergarten now. They have to man up, right. so to speak. And we are right. going to be nervous when we don't teach them and have them ready before four or five years old. You're right, and even and there's enough technology and enough educational tools out there to prepare them. So it really mm-hmm. is it's falling on the household to purchase. Let's purchase those instead of the whatever is out there right now in terms of what's popular. Let's purchase those things. So everything from education to household to the schools people that will get in to understanding culture, language, all of that, all of those things I like to – really share with the audience to think about that in a broader perspective. And now how can we bring it to what we do every day? So as a fashion designer, as a fashion show producer, as a radio host, as a publicist, how can we infiltrate that a little bit every day in everything that we do? So my my passion with Fox Plus the Arts and, and passion with Fashion on the Square next month is to make sure there's an artistic connection and experience. So every single time that I'm able to have the attention of four, five, six hundred people that will hopefully, well, that will come to this event, that will come to Fashion on the Square. And by the way, I'm so excited. We've already sold out of our VIP tickets. Can you can you Woo! believe it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can believe it. I definitely can believe it. 
Yeah, I'm, we're super excited about that. So I'm thinking, okay, I have the attention of these hundreds of individuals, from students to socialites to elected officials to B. Michael, who's coming in. He's going to do an amazing railway show from New York to here. How now can I leverage that opportunity and have a conversation three minutes, four minutes, five minutes about the art, and then bring it to the runway. And that's what we're going to do. And we're really excited because for the first time we're going to be giving out our first grant at Fashion on the Square. It's to a student who is, we're not announcing, of course, who it is, but we just started our nonprofit last year. And we are so grateful that in a year that we are going to be able to give our first grant out to a student. And that is it's huge for us. And it may not be these large, large, large amounts of money, but it is an amount that we're proud about that we're, that is growing. And again, making sure while I have the attention, and then hopefully the textbooks will come out. You know, get your textbooks already. Donation to the to the arts um, that I'm able to make that come to light. So it's it's definitely a, a conversation I wanted to share today to a lot of the publicists who are in fashion, myself is part of what Glasshouse does being in fashion, and I'm just seeing how excited people are about it when you begin to talk about stuff beyond clothes and, and great, great shoes and how beautiful they look, but you actually have other substance because there is substance behind all that beauty. There, there really is yeah. all the beautiful men and the, and the beautiful women. There's something else. I, I'll never forget one young lady said to me that she was so tired of people saying, you're so pretty. And I said, how could you? You're going to tell that? She said, yeah, because they have no clue that I run a financial, I, I run this big company, and I have, I, I do money management. I've been doing it for years. I know it like the back of my hand. And nobody sees any of that. All they see is this face, and you're so pretty. And so they don't even see anything beyond that. So how could we have a conversation beyond that? And that's really kind of the, at least my focus and interest in bringing together. Right. And, bringing and you have to initiate life. those conversations, like what you're doing. When you found something, you got information, you empowered yourself, yeah. and now you are, like, obligated to have those conversations yeah. and to start them. Don't worry about someone else to start. And that's one thing I, I am doing my research about you, uh, I guess, almost a year now, and, and Fashion on the Square. <laughs> you have done a really great job of incorporating different arts into your fashion show, because if I'm not mistaken, yeah. you had a ballet performer and you've had an art artist there before, right? Oh, yeah. We, we yeah. Have, we have and so the only like thing that. I think you have not done that I, I can see you doing, and you may have, and I just don't, I'm not aware of it. And again, this is how these conversations start, is to have uh, a symphony. You know, instead of a hip hop, I would love to have a symphony perform while the models are modeling. And of course, ooh. you know, the thing that makes the fashion show great, and we talked about it before. It's not about the model. It's about the clothes. You're supposed to sell the clothes, right. not yourself. And that's what <laughs> separates those big fashion shows from the little mediocre and the little home things yeah. that people do and then call it Fashion Week. I'm not trying to put anybody down because I admire people who have right. a business that doesn't want to do something. But at some point, you should grow into being something like a Mercedes Benz. That should be your mm. your rabbit. That should be your carrot. That should mm. be what you're going after. And so when mm-hmm. I do one, and hopefully you'll be doing one here in Memphis soon, I want to have the arts included. I want to include a mm-hmm. symphony. I don't want to hear, mm. and, and I love me some Jay-Z, and I love Love me some Bruno Mars. I love these cats, right? But I want to hear right. some symphony. 
you know. I want to yeah. hear symphony yeah. music playing while they're modeling or either in between yeah. shows or something or scenes. But we have to do a better job because we it will be lost. It will become lost to our next generation if they're not exposed to it in a way that um, generates their interest and their passion and their commitment to keeping these things alive. You're absolutely right. And I know we have about a minute, and and then I'm um, going to head on. And I'd like to say I think you've just put something in the atmosphere. No, no, I have not had a symphony. What I've had was a quartet. Now, Loretta, you start with a quartet, and then you have (laughs) So I had a, a, a four-string instrument that a group that was playing to a segment last year. So now when you talk about symphony, it's our 10 years next year. We are mm, being forced. I mean, with all the energy, you've got to go back to the square. You've got to go back to the square. So for Fashion on the Square, the 10th year, which will be next year, we are uh-huh. thinking strongly about going back to Union Square where we started and mm-hmm. can you see a symphony on Union Square? No, yes, I can. I can see it so visually. I, I'm i telling you, girl, you can take that and run with it, seriously. You know how when I, I told you before, when I have these conversations, I get excited and, and those endorphins are released and I'm really engaged in conversation, I always get these downloads. Like when the guy was on with YB timepieces and I gave him sophisticated yep. support, I'm giving you yep. symphony. <laughs> Well, you know what it happens. You're going to be brought on stage and given, like, 50 pounds of flowers, and all of that, and this date is going to be marked in the date that we have this conversation. That you're Girl, can't you see the- it, though, Edna? Can't you see the model? Because you have the best. I mean, these are, yeah. you know, Ford model-ready kind of people. They're Vogue-ready. Yes. They're um, Fashion yes. Week in Paris-ready. So can you yes. not see them? a symphony playing while they walk their runway. Oh, my God. You know, and I think Janelle did the tour, but Janelle Monae, when she came here and did a performance with the symphony, uh, with the the symphony about a month ago, and I went to Davy Symphony Hall, can you imagine little bitty Janelle Monae being backed up by this? It was the most amazing show (laughs) ever. I mean, she rocked it. She just rocked it. And then I saw that she was going to different cities. So that combination, which we have never had here before, ever, at least not in the years that I've been living. So Davies Symphony Hall was blown off the roof. The place was sold out. It was packed, and the people were standing to their feet to some Janelle Monae and tightrope. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. Awesome. Um, So, yes, you have put it in the atmosphere, and now I feel a little bit of pressure. Thank you very much. Anytime. We are, you made me grow. You have caused me to grow just by being associated with you to up everything that I do. Uh, you know, I try to. I've done the best that I could of excellence, but I'm. I've been challenged and and I have you know jumped, grown into that to become more who I am. I got to keep evolving, keep reinventing, refresh my brand, yeah. and it has to grow with me. And yeah. and thanks to you, I'm doing that. And my eyes are open, my ears are open, and my soul is open. So I want to thank oh, you for that, for doing that for me. Thank you for having me every month. And things have happened in my life and in my business. Because of your show, I want you to know that. Because of the mm-hmm. listeners, because of the feedback I get on whether it's Facebook, sometimes a text, sometimes a message, people are enjoying it. And I'm just happy to be able to share the gift that God has given me that I don't to keep it to myself is doing a disservice. It's, I, I need to let it out, and that's why I scream yeah. so much because I, 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 I have to let it out. But I want to 
you. Um, I want to have an offline conversation about next month. We're going to chat. Kind of, I want to give you some tidbits, some things going on, and uh, let's just let's just keep doing what we do, okay? Absolutely. And we want to thank all you guys for listening and for telling your friends and family to listen to our archives. These um, shows are available 24-7, 365 days a week. Loretta McNary Live airs often, weekly, and we love that you guys give us feedback and that you comment and that you give me suggestions. But I hope that um, the whole reason for doing is so you all are empowered, you all are inspired, and you are walking in purpose with passion. So that's why we do what we do. Thanks so much for listening. As always, think positive, dream big dreams, help someone along the way, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye.